This show is about spoilers and discussion. It's also about spooky things that are best enjoyed after you see the movie. So any movie we talk about, we recommend you go see. You've been warned. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. What an excellent day for an exorcism. Horror. There is no shortage of monsters to haunt our dreams. Horror. You got red on you. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Oh the Horror, a podcast where we take a look at classic and modern horror films from an expert and a newcomer's perspective. I'm the expert, Rob Holmes. And I'm the newcomer, Steve Allman. And today, we are taking a look at the 1974 Toby Hooper classic, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes, the Texas Chainsaw, Chain Space Saw Space Massacre. Yeah, yeah, or uh, or depending on how the poster's written, Chainsaw, or how the, yeah. the remake is done, Chainsaw, and all the other sequels, but uh, yeah, so this It's film, a weird, odd thing to get hung up on, but like, it's actually an interesting typo <laughs> that has kind of carried on throughout the years. Yeah, and, and it never, I mean, it's still kind of set in the way that it was originally intended, and then from there has kind of just morphed into what it is today. This film, it is a classic. Um, I appreciate it more now than I, I did the first time I saw it. Probably because, you know, the first time I saw it, it was a very grainy VHS. You know, when, when you're watching something that is just... You, you can tell it's been battered and bruised and watched a lot. The tracking is way off. With a film like this... Watching it, I, I don't. I think I was watching it on uh, Amazon Prime or, or one of those things. Um, it looks good, man. Like for what they filmed it at, for the budget, the the quality of it looks good. Now, is it a perfect film? No, there are some issues definitely with the acting. It is unintentionally hilarious at times. I, as a, so you you mentioned how this movie looks. I'm actually really surprised. So Toby Hooper. Uh, he strikes me as a pretty artsy director for uh, somebody that's been doing this for quite a while, and he, he like his legacy in horror is kind of kind of been speaking for itself. Like Chex Jason Massacre Two, obviously Poltergeist that we recently just reviewed. Uh, he's a he's a very interesting figure, and this kind of being one of his big breakout hits, it this is a this movie's a looker. Like as much and like th there's. Like, the number one thing that I can kind of take away from this as far as it looks is uh, this movie's grimy. This movie's dirty. This movie's, like, dark and dingy. It's, like, it has the aesthetic that I uh, that I can recall a lot of, like, gritty horror movies tried to emulate kind of in the early 2000s. Right. But the, with this, what I, what I really appreciated with what uh, Toby Hooper was doing, you get a lot of these low-angle follow shots. Yeah, you know, as people it's really, are coming really up weird. to the house. It's a utilization of a lot of natural light going in there. Um, I mean, all of it just comes together in this extremely creepy and macabre, but very, very well put together when you look at it as as pieced together. It, it, it's composed very well on a shoestring budget. I've seen other films with very high budgets where it all looks... Uh, it just doesn't look good in, by comparison. You know, I don't feel like it's something that's realistic or something that could 
it, it feels like a movie. This, to me, doesn't really feel that much like a movie. It, um, it is weird. It feels like yeah. a, like an experience or like an event or something. And it's I think that's why that's why not... it's so such a popular film too. Because when you look at it, plot wise, simple as hell, dude. This is one of the most basic plots you could ever have. But in its execution, oh my God, it's... it's the execution that just has made it. You know, one of the the greatest horror films of all time. Um, and considered possibly, I don't know, a lot of people consider it the greatest American horror film ever made. I mean, that's certainly debatable, but it, it like, this movie has kind of like, and you, you said that the structure and plot are kind of the main takeaways for how simple it is. I'd almost like, it's borderline a detriment, but not really, because... I'd like to think that a lot of the things, because the beginning setup is like simple enough, where like oh, okay, so like I'm seeing like kind of the early formings of the like road trip kids off to the cabin to you know mess around on like a summer vacation. But kind except of thing this, or this is not even that. This is going it to isn't, visit but the like, father's grave, which I I love in this because it, honestly, it feels like uh, the slasher version of uh, Night of the Living Dead. You know, it going to go it, visit a grave and they start getting killed off by this unspeakable force. You know, it's zombies in the, in the in Night of the Living Dead. And this, it's it's Leatherface and this cannibalistic family. Yeah, and I I definitely, I, I dig kind of the, the, the manic energy this movie has because every new, like almost every new scene, there's a new type of motion or th- there's a kinetic energy of this movie that keeps it going that is not, like it's way ahead of its time actually so, because... so there's a, there's a lot of stuff about why it's so well i i think on why it's so ahead of its time um like this i, I was reading about how how much of a nightmare it was to make this film and i think you get a lot of that authenticity from what the actors were going through 16 hour days over 100 degree heat having to dress be dressed how they're dressed having to like not not be able to afford secondary clothes so you're smelling fe- awful with that like syrup blood on you after weeks I kept thinking about the filming conditions of this movie because it seems like it would be miserable to nightmarish man it sounds like it sounded like it was pure hell one of the guy the guy who played the um the hitchhiker you know part of the uh, um one of the crazy um one of those crazies that cuts himself yeah right right the guy who cuts himself the the hitchhiker um basically he he said he was in vietnam and this was worse than vietnam and that if he saw like he would he would probably attack i guess he would have attacked toby hooper if he had seen him again after that I mean, like, I mean, you could say that you got a good movie out of it, I guess, but, like, it's certainly not fair to any of those actors to put them through, like, what was probably a miserable experience. Because, again, a lot of these things in this movie, like, they look pretty authentic. And not so much so that, like, you know, the killing is authentic or whatever, but the, the, the like, the heat that I, I could see people getting physically uncomfortable in heat and like sweat and having to run and scream and like writhe and like it looks like a miserable movie this and, is a and that's, cruel movie and that's kind of what uh i don't know there, there's something when you think when you know what has gone into the film and everything and he you know he was he was going for 
I know I'm, I'm getting back to that. I'm segueing for a second, but to, to get back to that in a minute, uh, he, you know, he was going for a PG rating. Like, that was the ideal, right? He wasn't going to have a lot of on-screen gore. And this was before PG-13, right? PG could go pretty hard at the time, and then there was R. And he was trying to cut the violence out of it. And cutting the violence out of it and having a, lo- having a lot of it happen off-screen, especially Franklin with the chainsaw and everything, uh that scene you get a little splatter of blood but it's the it's the reaction of everything going on you can't see it but you know what's happening and that's almost worse and i feel like that combined with things like the heat and the acting that was going on in that because they were miserable in that situation he created something that felt real and then they marketed this saying that this is based on a true story yeah, so, and which is like again, like pioneering that trend of just like bullshit <laughs> true story stuff. Well, and it's Ed Gein, uh, like it's Ed Gein, you know, the inspiration for Psycho, Norman Bates, and this, and and, and for Buffalo Bill and in uh, Silence of the Lambs, uh, and I. I appreciate where they went with this, though. They had a film that had this quality to it. It's you know in the same vein as Cannibal Holocaust. It looks like a documentary. Um, and this this didn't feel like a documentary. It wasn't in that approach. But you you see it and you feel for these people and you understand like there's this uh, what they went through in this situation is ha- in, in absolute hell and what Sally's gone through by the end of it, having lost her brother, seeing him hacked apart in front of her, and her friends are dead. And by the way, like it is, this is where kind of the comedy comes in. It's almost like a comedy of errors every time someone shows up at the house. They only make it into that little doorway before three of it them is. get offed, and it, like, and it's the it, it's the most like because you you think with these like iconic horror films, at least what I would think of that there's this like sort of elaborate kind of cat and mouse sort of right, thing, but it's right. just like nope, bonk on the head, somebody's gone, and now, you know, yeah. we'll see, and it's it's very it seems sloppy. It seems like well, that's you know, that's what actually this, that's what I actually really liked about it because at first it seems sloppy, right? On repeat viewings, because, you know, he comes in, he hits him in the head, there's the twitch. Dude, for not being really that graphic of an on-screen kill, that twitch made that kill more graphic than almost any... Oh, it's it's rough. It's really rough to see, because he he ain't dead all the way, and he's, uh, like... It, it, again, not gory, but it just it feels so real, man. It feels yeah, real. It, does, it feels like in a he's weird hemorrhaging way and it, like twitching. Yeah, I mean that's awful. Like and, and also like we get, well, I'm talking about this later in the film, but like we have this abduction that happens with uh, one of the main girls. Again, pardon me if the names escape me because again the characters don't really mean much. It's, they're more just yeah, victims. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, like the the, the quote unquote last girl. Uh, oh, Sally. Just Sally, like, yeah, yeah. Sally just stuck at the dinner table, screaming her head off at, at the, the, like, at the what manic she's, dinner scene. But remember, dude, she's attached to an armchair. To a an literal, armchair. A literal armchair that's not like, it's never pointed out in a tongue-in-cheek way where they're really hinting, but it's there in front of you. It's a visual right. gag. And I think and that's, this- it's so sick. But I love the fact that the humor isn't forced upon you in that way. Yeah. And, and it's this kind of, like, gallows humor that, like, is only situational if you just look at it a little longer than that. Because I think for somewhat the, the practical effects in, the, uh, in, in this movie are actually, like, kind of crazy. Uh, we Like, we open up on this, like, uh, it, like I, I wouldn't even want to say, like, Play-Doh'd. 
a corpse or anything. I don't know what part in the de- in the decomposure process oh, right, right, right. this body is in, but it's it's like it's it's shiny Play-Doh uh, <laughs> phase as it was. If it was all coated in saliva. Um, well, that and would then be, we have that I- yeah, yeah, I don't know exactly what that is, but it's still in a moist stage. Ooh, that's a gross word. It's still in a very wet and viscous stage. You know what I mean? Like a oh, sli- yes, very, a slime very stage. wet and viscous. But I, I appreciate the, the type of weird design that comes into a lot of these sets because it's just a run-down shack of a house that we keep seeing these kinds of weird, just like, again, like, Hitchcockian psycho but dingier types of reveals like when we have that grandfather that's you think is a corpse but isn't oh yeah very much not he's Mm. not but what happened to him is he a vampire no yeah well it's it's like I mean he can't he well it's cannibals so like he can't chew right the only thing he can do is drink and blood is I guess the nutrients that he can get right it's very strange. I mean, the whole thing is weird. But that guy who who played the grandpa, uh, apparently because the makeup was so awful to get in, he just stayed in it for 36 hours to do all the scenes. Oh, God, that's In 100-some degree heat, like, with all of this right. on. Like, this, this is why this film seems so... And by the way, when they're in the house, they don't look like they're sweating. I don't know how the hell they did that. They make them look... And, could, uh, and also, there, was, there wasn't, there wasn't ways to cool them down. They said it was just awful the entire time. So, like, kudos to them for making a something just very, oh, man. And, yeah. it, and they've got these, like, these giant, like, 5K lights that they're just beaming down on these actors. Maybe. I, I mean, I don't, even know, I don't like, even know how much the lights were. Remember, this is an $80,000 budget post-production. Oh, ended, I, no, 60 and I think 80 for another for the post-production going in there. It ended up costing... Uh, to get to get everything made, so we're talking one hundred and forty thousand dollar budget. Um, it's very oh, low. So I, I, you, you misunderstand. I was, I was referring to five K as in the amount oh, of watts. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Sorry, I'm thinking like for some reason I'm, I'm going off to giant, giant like heavy duty lights in my, my head. I wasn't even thinking about that. You know, yeah, I may yeah, be a yeah. newbie, but I did room with film majors in college, so I know a thing or two. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. But no, it just again speaking to the uncomfortableness that happens on that set and the like again the the messed up things that they put those actors through, uh, it's 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 a real weird effort to kind of come out with this movie because you're you're not really demanding a lot from a plot or a story. It's just more of these, uh, like I don't want to say this seems to be like the early stages of what would then evolve into like torture porn films, but. It's kind of a there. There are seeds of ideas there because it's a very slapdash plot just to kind of do these crazy things. See, I I want to say that, but then I don't because I think this is an extremely layered movie. Leatherface, right? He is just going about his business. Yes, the family brings people home and they kill people, but he was surprised. He did not expect people to just show up. And so he gets taken off guard with the first one, and then he goes after and kills the second one, and then this third one shows up, and he's just, he even has that moment where he goes over and he sits down, and it's like this moment where you have your villain character being like, 
okay, people are just showing up now. What is going on? I need to figure this out. This isn't something that normally happens. Like you see that go that process go on in Leatherface's head in this. You don't really get that in a lot of the other movies. Or if they do it, they make him seem too sinister and it seem too forced. I see him more in this as a humanistic character who in this case actually his space just kept getting invaded over and over and over again until he was actively going to go out there and get rid of whatever is in the way. And then he also is playing the mother character in this family too. You know, he has the mother mask, so when he's, you know, when the family's around, that's the mask he puts on. Like, this is a very, very deeply layered character who's been manipulated by this family over the years, you know, and turned and it's into only- this monster. And you only start to think about things like that when you take a step back and realize what you're actually looking at. Because it's a very, like, because at surface level, it's just weird and crazy. But then on another level, you're thinking, okay, why are these people acting the way that they do? Why are they encouraging that, like, what really is Leatherface when you, like, pick that apart? Because you are right, because you have an entirely different mask just for, for, with makeup on and, like, acting like a mother. Uh the dynamics of the family aren't really explained in the movie. You're just like there. You're like, Oh, I didn't really like killing or like, I'm going to be like, it's a, like their manic energy doesn't lend themselves enough to a lot of backstory, but in a weird way, that's kind of more raw and real. I don't like, cause I feel like a lesser movie. I wouldn't let this shit slide. I wouldn't let like, no, no, no. You don't get to like, just show up and be crazy and not tell me what you are. Uh, But why do you think this movie gets a pass on that? Well, to me, it's the way that the camera is on these characters, the way it kind of, when they focus on character moments, right? So you have a low budget, you need to focus on these moments. It's the same thing with movies like Halloween. You're focusing on individual character moments. You're not just trying to throw in glossy kills left and right, you know? You're building on something at this moment. So in this, uh, for example... The, the guy who runs the gas station, who is basically, I guess, like the father of some of the characters or something, or brother, um, you see moments where he d- he's, he's laughing with them, but at the same time, you see in his eyes, he, he doesn't, it's like he doesn't like what he's doing, he doesn't want to be there with it, and it goes back and forth a lot until finally he has this moment where he's like, you know I don't like this stuff, just get the kill over with, you know, just let's get it done. Um, He And he doesn't like killing, he'll do it if he has to, you know, but he doesn't like doing it, and you're seeing these layers to these characters, they're not just crazy people who are going out killing how inferior films that have followed have done. They go straight to the, oh, we're just going to go full hillbilly redneck and make it where there's no reason, we're just killing for the sake of killing. Like, I understand that the the hitchhiker guy, the Leatherface's brother, he's he's just kind of crazy in general. I mean, and he, you know, I think like that character has a lot going on and a lot to unpack from there. Um, but I feel like this whole family has just kind of gone insane over time. Uh, but this is the way that they manage, and it seems like. Man, they're still keeping it going in a very weird, strange way, and they work and together and think, even though they fight. And I think that that's kind of the the main problem that I have with the film because you again you have these very basic, small character moments, and in between a lot of those is kind of just chaos and confusion and 
people are just kind of running around to find their spot to either get killed at or discover something messed up. And then in between that, they're just like, oh, what's going on for a lot of the middle portions of this movie? Because once the killing starts, uh, then it's just, okay, every exterior character that's not immediately in danger is kind of just like, oh, what's going on? And it, it's it's tough to be attached to that unless there's something a bit more substantive happening. I, I mo- For most of it, it was when, uh, I think it was around like the second or third kill, uh, where, where like the guy in the wheelchair is just like kind of, running around, he's like, no, 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 I'll go with you, and, like, first of all, like, props to him for just, like, if he's actually in a wheelchair, like, you're wheeling, like, in the grass and dirt for yeah, this yeah. entire no, it's, movie. It's, it's like, a lot of, This it's is a not lot wheelchair accessible. Now, now, what's, what's interesting about this film, more so than anything, is I'm more fascinated by the villains than I am by any of the other characters. Right, I, no, I, I the, find these there are to be, just, yeah. I mean, I find there to be more layered depth in in with with Leatherface and and his family than I do with with anybody else really, um, and that's that's strange for a horror film, you know. That's it is. you know it's a lot of the time sense. you're you're less sympathetic with some of these characters and, and a lot of people would just say oh this is awful this is absolutely terrible but when you look at it as more of a film, um, like really in depth and you watch it upon repeat villains you can see there is they are somewhat to a point sympathetic villains in a strange way um like they've they've clearly they're just clearly insane and it makes it right. a little sad right because and you feel it, like, I, I would i would feel that way for leatherface actually because yes like when you look at like when they've had these extreme close-ups where you look in his like because again this is what, one of the movies man, that doesn't really Gunner shy Hansen, away from extreme. Gunner Hansen like really does a good job portraying leatherface in this like he's the emotion that you get behind that mask is something that I mean that moment, man. I just I felt that moment like more than I have up, you know. In this repeat viewing, I was like, "Holy crap, man! This is really good," you know. Um, no, absolutely. You, I uh, yeah. And again, with these extreme close-ups, uh, like you can still see the emotion portrayed in this guy, even though he's wearing this horrific mask. And I, <laughs> I really, really, uh, I really like what this movie uh, is trying to do on an artistic level uh and it it's it's kind of like i feel like this like this is like two steps away from being like an argento movie in a weird weird way like if it was more plotty and more nonsensical it would almost be like an art house film but instead it's this like big exciting grimy action packed kind of I still Horror feel, I, I, you know, I still feel it was very, if you're looking at it as a product of its time, I see it, you know, when it came out as very much an art house film that took the world by storm. I mean, this movie grossed like, I, I think like 30 million at the time off of, uh, off that budget, somewhere around there. And, uh, that's, that's a lot when you look at, uh, inflation now. I think I, I saw somewhere, it might be somewhere like 150 million, something like that. That's, that's a lot. Uh, if you were to look at it in today's money, um, I mean, this is a huge thing, you know, it, it actually, I mean, the fact that it, it, even though it's not super violent as far as what we'd expect from horror, it still pushed the limits where it was rated X originally and they had to cut stuff down and it's like, whoa, man, you made a very effective film. Like he made something that... I guess just really spoke out at the at the political climate of the time and everything that was going on and it just really resonated with an audience like that's 
and being you know pushed as a true story, people want to jump behind that. You know, they want to oh, yeah, see no, what's I, going on. I very much feel the sort of like manic like anger and fervor that came in a sort of post uh Vietnam era for this movie and climate to exist in. It's a very interesting uh type of product when you look at it in the context of its time. Uh, because it's just a lot of displaced, mentally unstable, insane people that don't really know what to do with themselves. It's, I mean, what's it, great? It, about, you know, it's it's. This is the thing I always say. You know, when you when you have a super low budget and it, all the classics, not all of them, but a, a lot of the classics, cult classics especially, and and the iconic horror films. They were a lot of more independent films, man, that started on micro budgets and they were they were having to film 24-7 just to get stuff done, you know, just so they could make this film. Some it was taking years to get made. Some had to do it in a matter of weeks once they had the equipment because of rental stuff. Some had to do it in days. I know the Saska sisters do stuff in like 12 days sometimes or, or I don't know, it's ridiculous. That's insane to do a feature in, in two weeks, you know, but... People do it, and sometimes you can end up getting some really awesome films out of it, and and it's that whole necessity is the mother of all invention. I mean, it breeds so much creativity, and you figure out what you can do and what you have and, and what has to get done in order to get that project, and it kind of it shows you, are people willing to just see this thing through, or are they just going to say, all right, this is too much and just quit, and man like for for toby hooper to keep the entire cast and crew there or i don't know if people left or anything but to keep at least the cast there through the whole thing like that's crazy man for what they went through for that like props on him and props on the props on like the crew and the producers and all the people working with him to like keep everybody uh i guess calm enough to get through no yeah know? exactly i i think that the uh like again i i can't, the only thing that i could keep thinking about when i was watching this movie is just like man this is a bummer of a movie this is cruel this is uh unpleasant to see and think about even making yeah uh, man, it's a it's a but, brutal movie man it is an absolute and by, and, and by the end of it too you know when you're realizing like what they went through in making it and then what Sally's going through in this whole film as well, and you're going with that, and by the end of it, man, she runs through two windows, full speed, falls yeah, out of the top of a house. Like, that, I was just not, like, oh, man, good. she doesn't even stop. She's just like, nope, we're booking it. She saw what happened. Like, that to me, she is one of the better final girls, because she straight up is like, I have a chance to escape, boom, let's go. Yeah, yeah, no, we're not. Uh, it, this is bad. <laughs> it's yeah, really like bad. She, but no, I, I yeah. talking about the finale real quick. I think this is probably the most like the the craziest part uh, that I could think of because it's mainly just all uh, crazy action. Like a uh, hobo stabby guy just gets obliterated by a monster truck or by a <laughs> by a by a big truck. rig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, by was, a big rig, which is just fun. I was like, oh, great, yay! <laughs> I get to see that. Uh, that was really fun, as well as uh, the iconic shot of just Leatherface just writhing around after uh, after she gets away. Um, yeah, and it's well, a beautiful I, shot. It's it, it is it's incredibly. It is. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous. Like watching that happen, and I love when the trucker. And I, I you know I've never really noticed it, but this time I was watching the trucker when he gets out, and he just he just runs, man. Like she jumps in the back of the truck, like the pickup that comes <laughs> back. Was, that trucker has just, he's still running in the other direction, and Leatherface is just swinging that thing around. Like, it was crazy to see because that was the perfect, like, 
I guess you could say blocking for that scene when Leatherface comes out from behind the truck because it's a very wide shot. You could see oh, all yeah. three characters, but when Leatherface rounds the corner to that truck, he's just like, "Whoa, okay!" Like that, he yeah. runs back into the car. I'm like, just wondering not even where did, where did he her. go, man? He just ran forever and like didn't even get the truck where she was going. He just kept booking it, and I'm just like, "All right, man." It was. I guess we'll never see you again. Was, like, hopefully, it was crazy oof. to see. Yeah, it was, it was insane. really really crazy to but, see. But for a movie um, called Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like he isn't really. One person, most people get hit with hammers or put on meat hooks, but they do get, I guess, essentially get cut up with chainsaws, I guess, for later, because you see him uh, kind of going at one of the guys. I mean, it's still cool. I, I, you know, I enjoy this one a lot. There's a lot of sequels, man. There's a lot of sequels. There's prequels. There's remakes. Um, some of them are, some of them are all right. Some of them, I'm... I, I don't know. I'm not really a fan of, but I can see how how there's an appeal. I mean, the fourth one has Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. The Next Generation. It's it's, it's not great. But it's, it's so weird, dude. It's weird. It's colorful. It's strange. They focus what a series. More, they focus more on like Leatherface and the whole cross dressing thing that he does. You know, they really, I guess, put a main focus on that. It's a f- here's it's, it's, here's the thing. I I don't even really know if I. It's <laughs> I don't weird, know if man. I even want to know. I no, I, I want to know the, the I've like, seen it, the depth of the Texas Chainsaw lore. I feel like I've seen it a lot, though, that one, like, growing up for some reason, because that was a cheap DVD when I was at, like, a Walmart once, and I bought it and then watched it a bunch, and I'm like, this is not a good movie, but, oh, okay, I'll watch it again. I own it. This is when I started getting into horror, so, like, you know, um, man, I don't like that film very much. It's... <laughs> Well, that's good. Well, I like this one pretty much. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This one's this one's fun. Second one's a comedy, man. Like he really played it up to make it more of a comedy, um, and then it just goes from there. I mean, it's it's such a strange lore, like what we get with with Leatherface. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, I could only imagine the weirdness that comes afterwards. The, oh, after no, this it, movie, yeah, because yeah. again, it's simple, but you really don't have a lot to go on. Oh, dude, the second and... one will weird you out like crazy. If you want to go for a fun ride, like I'm not a huge fan, but I know there are some people who love Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. Um, the third one's fine. And then you got like the fourth. As I said, it's super goofy. Then they did like one that just goes. It, it cuts out the whole idea of there being any sequels, and they try to do it as a direct sequel. That's the 3D one. They did the remake one with Jessica Alba, which actually, the one from 2003, people are going to hate me for this. I liked it. I thought it was fine. It's super gritty. But, like, that worked for Platinum Dunes to go gritty. All the other stuff, no. That one, okay. yes. Uh, the all beginning right. well, was Well, maybe, maybe we take a look at the remake yeah, one yeah, of these Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe you we know, do. If, if people want to hear about it, if they don't, uh, then they can just, you know, watch it on their own or don't watch it on their own if they don't want to see it. Or if they hate it, yeah, that's fine. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's Texas Chainsaw Massacre, man. Like, you know, people are either going to love it or they're going to hate it. No, absolutely. And I think, um, I would recommend it if you're kind of into just, again, weirdly good looking, crazy movies. Art house (laughs) horror, man. It's straight up art house horror. Like it's, I mean, it really is. It's American art house horror when you look at it. Yeah. It's it's quite a thing to see. It it really, really is. It's good stuff. That is going to do it for us this week on Oh the Horror. What do we have in the pipeline next week, Rob? Well, I mean, you know, we're getting into uh, the holiday season and everything. So what better movie than Gremlins to start us off for December? Yeah! 
God, mm-hmm. I love Gremlins so oh, much. Oh yeah, it's it's a uh, favorite. This is where we get into uh, like some of the fun Christmassy movies. Can we just like review Krampus again? Because I love that so much. Or can I just see that on my own? Am I, I mean, see you can that do on that own? on your own if you want. Actually, okay, you can just, you okay. Could, Hey, you know what? Uh, if you want, you know, you can download the episode. You can go to you can. You know, iTunes or OhTheHorrorCast.com or, you know, any other place that you would uh, download your podcast. In fact, we have about 60 or maybe I think about 70 episodes uh, of the podcast. We have an entire library. So if you were so inclined and you like this one, go and download our back catalog. Yes, sir, indeed. Look at you, young transition segue god. Yeah, that's right. I'm uh, learning I'm li- things. I'm liking the new Rob here. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm liking it a lot. All right. Well, thank you again for listening, and we will see you guys next week on Oh, the Horror. I'm Steve Allman. And I'm Rob Holmes. And we'll see you next time. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. Come, it is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. There's no more room in hell. The dead will walk here.